But, Your Majesty, just in case of the remote possibility of a temporary revolution, don't you think it would be wise to have you safely spirited out of Paris? Hmm. Perhaps you're right. But who would sit on my throne in my absence? We'll find a double and put him on the throne. Ah, a double in case of trouble. I like it. <laughs> but where would you find a handsome dog to replace me? Oh, yes, of course, of course. That's it. Your Majesty, you look like the piss boy. And you look like a bucket of shit. Welcome to the Nightfly with Dave Joskow. How are you? Coming out Tuesday, March 20th. Yes, I know. It was supposed to be, well, where's Goodfellas? And I, quite frankly, I don't even want to talk about Goodfellas anymore. And I'm Goodfellas out. But that's what was supposed to be playing this week. Couldn't do it. The audio was so horrible, I could not do it. I'm not talking about the audio. I mean the whole show in general. So bad, I could not play it. So you get an interim podcast before we get down to just regular podcasting. An interim podcast to replace the horribleness of what was Goodfellas. Let me explain. So, I listened to the audio recording of Goodfellas, as I often do before I... uh, you know, uh, air it, obviously, for uh, things maybe I got to, you know, fix up or, or tighten or something. And, um, well, it just sucked. Like, it sucked so bad. You know, a lot of times when I'm listening to it, I cringe because, uh, you know, I just I don't like it. I'm, I'm mad at the performances or whatever. But this time, something was different, and it just, uh, it just, it just was not working. It just was not working. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not going to play it. Uh, don't be disappointed. Trust me when I tell you it's not worth an hour and a half of your time. Uh, <sighs> listening back, I, I I got some clips, and I think that'll be enough. It just really disappointed me, and it's not quality. And, and you, It's like, <laughs> like I didn't hear the audience laughing at all. And I don't know whether you can hear it in the other ones, but this one, I, you know, I, and I get if they weren't laughing, I get it, but I think they were, and, you know, that like that it didn't pick up. And, uh, you know, it just, it just, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It just wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't happening, man. It wasn't happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. So I just want to move away from it, you know? So let's play some clips from it. And we'll discuss it. There were some excellent performances. And then we'll just move on. We'll do the second one. We'll try again and see if we can get it right. Uh, I talked to the guy that does the audio. He goes, well, there is some mixing stuff. So I don't know. Maybe I'll hear it again. We'll work it out. But right now, we'll just play some clips, okay? So let's start with uh, just really quick. We'll just get right into it. Joe Mackey, as I told you last week, did a tremendous job, a tremendous job 
And here is his scenes, because he was terrific, so I have no problem in playing this. You have a good day in school today? Yeah, absolutely. Best day ever. <laughs> That's why I'm just sitting here making this peanut butter sandwich. I'm making it for you, Daddy. I love you. My father was always pissed off. Pissed that he made such lousy money, that my brother was in a wheelchair. He was pissed that seven of us lived in such a tiny house. Tell me about this. A letter from school? Says you haven't been there in months. Well, obviously there's some sort of clerical error. <laughs> I love school, and I love living here. I just have one question. If no money, why seven kids? Seems like two would have been a good stopping point. Just. I mean, you know... There, it sounds like it's such a great show, but I got to say, that's Joe Maggie's doing. He was terrific and, um, you know, unexpected. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm playing the best parts. I'm also going to play some of the worst parts, the reason why I won't do it. Like, for instance, this is Mateo singing, but I don't think you can hear the music in the background, so it, it, it just sounds horrible because we didn't have the live band this time, you know? But I'll tell you this. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care my pockets may be empty I'd be a millionaire My clothes may still be torn and tattered But in my heart I'd be a king Your love is all that ever matters it's everything. So well, that wasn't that bad. It didn't sound that bad, but that music is so slow. I, I don't know. It just was. I mean, Mateo's great, right? So we know that. But um, I don't know. It just. Uh, I don't. I don't know how to explain it. It just wasn't happening. I'm fixing my compression. <laughs> yeah, big words, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. It just, uh, something was wrong when I was listening to it. Here's um, how hilarious Joe Mackey is again. Jimmy was the kind of guy who rooted for the bad guys in the movies. You know, like Biff from Back to the Future. Here's Jimmy now, and he's unloading a shitload of Paul Mall cigarettes off a truck to a school crossing guard. But who's this well-dressed kid hanging out with him? Have I been replaced? Tommy, help the lady. Henry, come here. Say hello to Tommy. Oh, I was wondering when you were going to introduce us, because I've been sitting watching you do stuff with this kid for over an hour. It's just a little rude is all. Well, you, well, you guys are going to be working together. Well, hey, great. You seem like a great guy. I foresee no problems with you in the future. <laughs> also, Tommy, I notice you're about my age, and in the future you are Jimmy's age. Can you explain any of this? God, he's so funny. He's just reading off the paper. He's not acting. His Jimmy voice, was the kind of guy oh, who... His voice is so hilarious that it was working and then it just fell apart because well the the judy part just wasn't just wasn't working you know it just wasn't and um like here's the how, how am i 
funny scene. I just put it. I I think I just got it to that part. But I mean, this part's okay. And then I didn't even bother cutting the other part. You know, I was like, I'm trying to bring this Drew Brad Henry. I mean, it's okay. But you know, I the plan was to have Joe Mackey play Tommy, but I wasn't sure how he was going to read. Now that I know, I mean, I I think it just would have changed everything. So I don't even have the Judy part because it just it, it wasn't. I mean, I I should have uh, had the how am I funny line, but I I messed it up. I I'm sorry. I should have had that so I could show you why you know it wasn't working. But I'll just show you some of the other parts. This is uh, you know, Carmen um doing a good job. I you know I I think I told you I got the Henry part a little later on. Before it was even time to go home, he was pushing me into the car and then pulling me out. Ridiculous. But Diana and Tommy had made us promise to meet them again on Friday night. We agreed, of course. When Friday night came around, Henry stood me up. I feel terrible. I don't know where he is. You know why? He really likes you, too. Like, all he do is talk about her, you know? He could have had, gosh, I don't know. He could have called. I hope it's nothing serious that, you know, that I should be worried about, you know? I mean, that's just like a throwaway line, and, and she's just not getting it right. It, I, I really feel she never saw the movie. So you see what I'm saying? That's a throwaway line. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong. I can't believe it. You know, Jesus, I hope nothing's wrong. I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, it's, too, it's just not, it's not working. So it's not worth airing. For a trio instead of a double date that night, but I made Tommy take me looking for him. Come on, let's go. There he is, Tommy. Stop the car. You've got some nerve standing me up. Nobody does that to me. Who do you think you are, Henry Kissinger? Some kind of big shot? Henry Kissinger? I'm sorry. I meant Frankie Valley or some kind of big shot. Henry Kissinger? Where did that come from? Hey, I'll say whatever I want to say. The bottom line is you stood me up. Slow down. Slow down. All right. I forgot. I thought it was next week. It was Friday. It was this Friday, and you agreed, so you were a liar. Take it easy. We can talk about this, all right? Take it easy. Take talk it about easy. it? Talk to you after what you just did to me? Forget it. I'm not talking to you. Wait a minute. I thought you were going to stand me up. You looked bored. You didn't say anything. I mean, what did you expect? Also, I knew it was Shabbat for you people, so I just assumed you couldn't go out on a Friday night. You made such a big deal about being Jewish, and that's why I thought we had to double. Why wouldn't I thought that, huh? Huh? Well. Now, let me make it up to you. Karen! I'll think about it. I mean, a smart, strong woman in this day and age really shouldn't fall for that role reversal shit you just did there. But I'm obviously an idiot, so. I, you know, there it is, right? I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Huh? How am I funny? How am I funny? I don't know. like the way you tell the story. You know, just... Here's the uh, Bichetti part. Don't buy wigs that come off in, at the wrong time. Maury's <laughs> wigs don't come off. Even underwater. And remember, Maury's wigs are tested against hurricane winds. But hurricane winds from the 1950s. Not like Hurricane Katrina and Harvey. Don't worry about money. You can afford a mortgage. We priced it for every budget. So call me now. He's just holding the script up to his face so nobody can see him. It's so weird. Maury, Jimmy's waiting. You have a whole bunch of past dues. Henry, you're a good kid. I've been good to you. You've been good to me. But there's something quite unreasonable going on here. Jimmy's being an unconscionable ball breaker. What am I, a schmuck on wheels? No, not on wheels, Maury. Please, you know, Jimmy, you borrowed his money. Pay him. I didn't agree to three points above the VIG. What am I, fucking nuts? What, what are you going to do? Come on, what are you going to fight Jimmy Conway? He wants his money. Give him his money and let us get the fuck out of here. Hey, fuck him. 
fuck him in the ear. <laughs> what am I? What are you? What are you talking about? Fuck him in the other ear. That <laughs> son of a bitch. Did I ever break his balls? Did I? Did I? Did I ever drop a dime? I could have dropped a dime a million times, and, and everyone have to pay dick. Shmori, come on, drop a dime. Call the. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, he's gonna pass out. He's gonna pass out. He's gonna pass out. Well, I just played for you the best parts, so there was no reason to sit through an hour and a half of that. I promise you. I promise you that was the situation. So there's that. Uh, I'm sorry if you, if you were looking forward to it. If, uh, if you weren't, then you got off scot free. But otherwise, it just wasn't working. I'm sorry. What can I tell you? Listen. You know I'm up for anything. I always think everything stinks, but I usually play it, and I'm like, eh, what are you going to do? But this time, eh, we'll move on. We'll figure it out next time. Uh, let's move on to a couple of other things I have planned today. I, I want to tell you about my manager, Vanessa Barrios. I've been waiting to talk about it. She's no longer my manager. I know on the show I said Vanessa was my manager. Like she made me say it, you know. She turned out to be a real horrible human being. Yeah, I found out some real crazy, crazy stuff about her. And I haven't spoken to her since November. If you remember when we got together, I had her on the show. You know, she's like a scam artist. And I completely fell for it because, you know, I wanted it to be real. And a lot of us fell for it. Uh, me, Carrie Caravas, Irene, a little bit. No, we fell for it, especially Carrie, because, you know, we're all about the same age. And we all were very excited about somebody wanting to help. You know what I mean? I talk to you about this on the show all the time. Nobody ever wants to help. And she, you know, I found out about January 15th or 20th that she was really just a con artist, you know, and I, I, I called this, uh, this girl, Stephanie Zambari, who's a friend of Sarah Silverman's and who had kind of flirted with like, you're still, she's still your manager. I'm like, why? What's the big deal? And then I called her and I'm like, listen to this. And she told me, listen to this. And then other people told me, listen to this. And you know what I realized? I mean, you want to hear something fucked up? It's not just this. I mean, remember all those times? You know, I'm going through my taxes now, so I'm looking at my calendar of stuff that I was doing. I'm like, ESPN meeting, ESPN. Remember I told you, I'm like, oh, we're going to ESPN. We're going to pitch puppet picks, you know, or whatever it was, the, the RDME Me show. We're going to ESPN. Remember, every meeting got canceled. Every meeting got canceled because she never had a meeting. She never made these calls. It's all coming back to me now. I all realize it now. And it's flooding back and it's really messing me up. There was one time she told me the people we were meeting with at ESPN, she took them out for dinner before the Godfather show. I might have even said this on the air. She said, yeah, it cost me $300, but, you know, it's worth it. And I'm like, I'll pay you back. And I paid her for it. And then she goes, they came to the show. They loved the show. And I'm like, well, why didn't they say hello after? Like, ah, they got to rush back to Connecticut. All bullshit. All bullshit. You know, it's funny because obviously I'm a crotchety old man who usually doesn't fall for. I'm like, hey, that sounds suspicious. You know me. 
I'm always like, I call bullshit on that. But for some reason, I wanted it to be true so bad, it never even occurred to me that somebody would be just blatantly lying like that. Blatantly lying to your face. Yeah, it's all I met with those guys. They're really nice. You know, like whatever. Every meeting was canceled, like nine meetings canceled a half hour before. Then I talked to this girl, Stephanie. She goes, yeah, and all our meetings were canceled a half hour before because there was no meetings. I mean, I, I, I don't even know where to begin with telling you, you know, how weird it is how she might have been talking to nobody on the phone when she said like, hey, I want to know why our meeting was canceled. I'm, I mean, this is. It's real messed up, and it, and it bothers me on a daily basis because I keep thinking of stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. And it was Jessica Pilot who kind of figured out at first that there was something wrong, which, of course, I should have known. But like I said, in my mind, I'm like, no, I want this to be real. When I showed her texts, and I've saved all the texts of, like, agencies, they're like, no, we really like your client. We want to set up a dinner, House Friday. She goes, yeah, agencies don't do that. You know, unless maybe you're Sarah Silverman. So they don't do that. Like, she was the first one who caught bullshit on it. And I still was like, well, I don't know. I don't know. You know, until I talked to this girl, Patty Rosborough, who really let me have an earful about and, and use the word sociopath, which I had never thought of before. And uh, how she weaseled her way into my life uh, using my contacts and, you know, whatever my name equals in this business to tell people she was my manager to you know to go places and to pick up other people and you know I've heard some other stuff I I won't even tell you because you know it's weird talking about it on the air but I'm because you know you're defiling somebody's character but it needs to be defiled she's a just a big fat liar I had to call Esther Koo who introduced us and and ask if she had any um, dealings with her anymore because when we were out in California, we all had dinner together, and I had to call uh, the New York Comedy Club to make sure that the owner and his wife didn't have dealings with her anymore to, I mean, you feel like an asshole, like calling, like you feel like like you're in high school being like, you do not want to talk to her because she has trouble, but no, I mean, I had to, I had to let them know because I, you know, I kind of put them in this position. And I just feel like a huge sap, you know, just a huge sap. I was giving her like 10%, like, you know, she's always like, what can I do to help the show? And she would be like, yeah, I'm going to invite all these people. And then, of course, none of these people showed up. Or if they did, they showed up and then they left, never saying hello. Well, you're busy. I, I can't believe it didn't occur to me. And I've been meaning to bring it up and talk about it because it's so weird and I'm trying not to get you know upset. I get upset in a different way. And, he, and here's the other reason I get upset. You know, 30 years ago or whatever that is, 1987. So yeah, I guess 30 years ago, right? Uh, when I think I told you my manager was Robert Downey Jr.'s sister, Allison Downey. She was my first manager. And why wouldn't I want Allison Downey? You know, Robert Downey Jr.'s sister is my manager. I mean, I'm doing nothing. What am I, 22, 23? Um... You know, somebody says they want to be my manager and it's Robert Downey Jr.'s sister. He's a big star at this point already. You know, he's already passed all the kiddie stuff. He's doing less than zero. You know, he's 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 in, you know. So I'm like, why wouldn't I want this Hollywood person? She seemed like a she was a strange girl, but same fucking thing. 
uh, she would call me in the at six in the morning saying like we need money, you know, like it was all messed up. And I think both scenarios might have been drug induced. And, you know, you figure 30 years later, 30 years later, well, that's the lessons you learn in your 20s and you never fall for it again. And I think that's what's really bothering me. 30 years later, I fell for it. At this age, to fall for that again, it, it, it shows you how, I guess, how desperate I was or am to have somebody on my side fighting for me. And it's a bummer, too, because that was a good time you know, I was on crashing. If I had a really good manager, maybe things, more things could have happened, you know? I mean, the crashing was a good thing. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't know what to say. It's all so weird. I just can't believe that they're like, that somebody could just, just be such a blatant liar. I, I guess I also should have known, like on the flight back from California, when we went out there together. She's like, I told them. You were supposed to have ex-allegra. Like, she never did any of that. And she never made any of these calls. It's so weird. I, I, it's like, I don't know how, to, I've just been dealing with it. Wasn't sure if I was going to mention it, but I felt like I had to. I felt like I, I got to put the word out there. I mean, I don't think, you know, who cares what she does? Uh you know, I just, I don't, I'm not going to have any dealings with her anymore, but maybe the people need to know. Maybe people need to know that there's a person out there who's, you know, a big scammer. So I also found out, the reason why I think I decided to mention it is I also found out uh, after Goodfellas, you know, you know, my friend John Vitti came down from Boston and I found out some stuff that she sent to him in a text that's, you know, like a don't tell Juskow text that she's scamming people. It's, um, I, <laughs> You know, I'd like to point it all out in like detail and tell you the exact thing, but I, I just wanted to mention it. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to bore you if it's boring, but I, you know, I'm pretty honest with what goes goes on in my life, and uh, this was like a real bad stumbling block. You know, when you when you know there was so last year, I just felt I'm like, well, you know, it's great. Maybe things aren't going well, but at least I got a manager and she's making calls. We have meetings set up, and I mean, none of those meetings happen. I mean, it's it's just really, it's very embarrassing. And um, I don't know. Just wanted to mention it. Because I had said on a podcast, you know, loud and clear that she was my manager. And now I'm saying, no, she's not. I made a mistake. And I don't want anybody else to make the mistake. You know, um, one of the guys from the comedy clubs asked me, like, hey, should I throw some clients Vanessa's way? And I'm like, uh, let me get back to you on that. This is when I was feeling that something was wrong and then I had to call him and tell him like no don't don't get anyone else involved with her she's kind of a horrible human being there's really no else to put it I mean when I think about just like being in her presence and driving and then her making me feel bad she's like boy this doesn't happen to any of my other clients we never got meetings canceled she made it feel like it was my fault and at this age and what I've been through in my life Man, that was the last thing I needed to be disappointed like that again, you know, to be just disappointed. I mean, you know, I've already kind of made peace with myself that I'm not going to get those kind of meetings. And then to be, you know, put up again and have somebody just make it feel like it's your fault. I mean, that that was the worst part of all. I mean, she brought me to tears many times thinking, boy, what a loser I am. When she knew all along 
uh, when should I tell him that the meeting is canceled and technically there is no meeting? It's scary. It's scary to think that I spent so much time with her and I let her into my world and my house and, you know, meeting my family and stuff like that. It's, it's terrifying. Terrifying in many ways. So I have no dealings with her whatsoever since November. So let's uh, get back to the uh, comedy. This usually helps out. <laughs> That's the end of my story, right? You know, I always like to end all the Godfathers and Goodfellas with this song. Although last time I ended with Havana Galaxy again. Why not end it with Goodfellas? That's why there was some problem with that thing. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, speaking of Full House, that guy, uh, Jeff Franklin, who invented Full House, it's kind of hilarious. He got fired for inappropriate behavior, including verbal abuse and making sexually charged comments about his personal relationships and sex life. He did this in the writer's room, apparently. And everybody was all upset. Employees also complained that Franklin would... See, now this is hilarious. So he got fired for being in the writer's room and saying all this stuff. Now, first of all, there's a couple of things. You know, we're in this area, you know, with the Me Too and all that kind of stuff. Now, this guy created the show. To me, it seems he should be able to say whatever the fuck he wants. It's his show. You don't like it. You should leave. Right? He invented the show. How do you fire somebody who invented the show? I, I, don't, I never understood that. Uh, but they did, and they got these new showrunners taking over. It's a huge cash cow, so I guess that has something to do with it. I still don't know. I, 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 it, for me, I'd just be like, if somebody complained, I, I mean, I'm not going to talk like that in a writer's room, but if somebody's got a problem with it, just leave. I mean, that's the way it used to be. Oh, I can't work for him anymore. He's, like, crude and horrible. I know that's the way. I mean, you shouldn't be like that. You're right. You're right, but... He did create this cash cow, but all right, that being said, he didn't do anything to women or anything like that. They just didn't want to, if there were women in the room, I guess that, that you shouldn't be talking like that, but whatever. Here's the best part. He, uh, employees also complained that Franklin would bring women he dated to work and often cast them in small parts on the show. Now that you should be allowed to do if you're in charge. I don't see any issues with that whatsoever. That is is the prize you get for being in charge. He just said small parts, little walk-on parts. They don't have to be great actresses. For Christ's sake, Sherwood Schwartz was doing that in the Brady Bunch in the 60s. I mean, what is that really so wrong? Isn't that what you should be allowed to do as anybody, as a girl or a boy, if you get to a certain point? Don't give them the big acting jobs. You can't give somebody you're dating a walk-on line. I, it seems fair enough. I, I don't see how that is an issue. It seems to me that if I had a show, I'd be like, you know, I could probably put you on a walk on, uh, you know, if you you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it, you know, it, don't be like, yeah, if you do this or do this. But I mean, if you're just dating somebody or whatever and, you know, you can't use it over their heads. But it seems to me you should be able to just give somebody a walk on role if you're, you know, that's 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 how you meet people. All right. That sounds hard. Now it's sounding bad in this day and age i just feel like if you get to a certain point you should be able to do a couple of things that you want to do right guys no i mean isn't that wouldn't we all do that <laughs> wouldn't we all get date girls and be like i could probably get you on the show you know what i'm talking about it's, uh, you know put you in you'll be in the uh, you'll be in the cafe you got one line a waiter and there it is right i don't know 
Is that so? I think that's hilarious. I'm sorry. Uh, he probably should be. He sounds like a douchebag, but uh, so I mean, you're working on a kid's show, so you should be fired, of course. Well, yeah, there's still kids. I still watch Fuller House. I mean, I'm insane. I like that. I like it a lot. I don't know why. And uh, so speaking of, uh, you know, this uh, world we live in now and, uh, and all the nonsense, uh, I don't know whether you, I, I think you've, you, everybody knows who Scott Bayo is. Uh, in fact, we were talking about him, I think, with Memo two weeks ago. So Scott Bayo is accused of sexual harassment from Nicole Eckert, who in her day was just the absolute hottest, my go-to girl. I mean, I was so attracted to her on Charles in Charge. Yes, she was underage, but listen, listen, you know, I don't care what you think of me. Yeah, I liked a 15-year-old girl. I thought she was really hot. Am I going to go out with a 15-year-old girl? Of course not. But this girl was so sexy at 15, it happens, you knew she was going to grow up to be hot. Listen, that's why we all watched the show. We didn't watch for Scott Bayo. This girl, Nicole Eckert, was that hot that all of us in the 80s, all the men, knew about Nicole Eckert on this show. I mean, she obviously did turn in to the bombshell. She was on Baywatch for very good reasons. She's sultry. She's sexy. If you watch, just watch the opening credits. Look at her. She just gives off this, you know, sultriness. Like, you're like, oh, my God, she's going to be, when she's of age, she's going to be so hot. And then, you know, you say to yourself, God, I wish I was 15, that I could go date her. Meanwhile, you know, a Dave Juskow 15-year-old is not going to ask Nicole Eckert out for a date. But, you know, I mean, she's ridiculously hot, which is why her and Scott Baio had sex after she turned 18. Now, she's saying he had sex with her before she was 18. Now, I'm going to believe Scott Baio 100% of the time, not just because he's a man and a woman and whatever, but because Scott Baio, and this is what people aren't getting, First of all, he's a genius because he's got, uh, listen to this, he, he, he's done this on uh, Facebook. Hi, um, I'm here today uh, to talk about some allegations that have, made against, that have been made against me that are untrue by somebody named Nicole Eggert. The reason I'm doing Facebook Live is because nobody can edit me. Nobody can change what I said. These are my words. And what I'm telling you is the truth. So I'm going to knock down all these false claims against me. My reputation is being damaged. <laughs> what reputation? My family is being put through this. <laughs> and I'm done. What's he doing? They're at church? So I'm going to walk you through this methodically <laughs> and hopefully succinctly. And please be patient. Because what I'm being accused of it's horrible. It is horrible. She's accusing him I'm of being accused rape. Of inappropriately touching her, Nicole Eggert, when she was a minor. And having sex with her when she was a minor. That's what I'm being accused of. I've had it. In 2007, and if I'm looking down, folks, I have papers here to prove all of this, okay? In 2007. 
the best part is when his wife comes in and starts helping him out and he's just like it's so funny he's so like you know he was such a poon hound in his day and then now he's so pussy whipped like it's really funny he just does whatever she says which is cute but it's really funny 2007 Nicole Eggert did two episodes of my reality show called Scott Bay was 45 and single yeah I remember that he went to go see all his old girlfriends and find out why it never worked with them yeah and she did two episodes and she didn't say anything was wrong or whatever it seemed and, and then he says this did two episodes she's been in our home that's his wife going she's been in our house my wife and I in our home she was my wife's friend. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. But I'm just going to get to the good part where his wife comes in. Uh, I think that's right around here. The letter to Alexander. Oh, that's something else we'll talk about in a second. Here is the letter to Nicole Eggert. Alexander and Nicole. Please do the dates. The dates are December 7th. 2017. And these will also be posted on your and social these will media. They'll all be posted on my social media. <laughs> in their entirety. In their entirety. entirety. <laughs> he just answers whatever she says. It's hilarious. And they will all be posted. Yeah, they will all be posted. What did you say? In their, enti- in their entirety. It's really funny. I mean, that that's a hilarious video with Scott Bayo being accused. Now, I mean, the fact that this guy hasn't gotten accused of anything up until now is a miracle. Because he has slept with everybody, as anybody who listens to the Howard Stern Show knows. I mean, this guy is a, a legend. If you're a man, I mean, he is a living legend. We talked about this two weeks ago. But the thing about the Nicole Eggert thing is, I believe him 100%. Uh, obviously, this girl's a little zany. Uh, you know, that they're, they're family friends, and all of a sudden now she's just like, no, Scott, you know what you did. You know, it's one of those girls that like, but I don't understand. You over my house? How come you never... Well, I'm just thinking about it now. Maybe that's the case. There's no way this guy wouldn't wait. And he waited until she was 18. And he says she was the aggressor. And I I really believe it with all my heart. Or maybe that's just what I want to believe. Because in my fantasy, that's exactly what happens, right? She turns 18 and then uh, this happens, whatever. And she's, you know, she just looks beyond her years. But this guy was getting so many girls. There is no reason for him to not wait until she's 18. He can wait because he was, I mean, he was sleeping with Pamela Anderson, Erica Laniac, Liza Minnelli, we said. I mean, this guy, every Playboy bunny. So I, I do believe him, and I think there's something wrong with Nicole Eggert, and I think the the reasoning is, and I, I'll tell you, I, I was so in love with her. She made a movie that I can't even find anywhere called The Haunting of Morella, and I just did a bit at Goodfellas going to the movies by myself. And I went to the, see this movie by myself when I lived in a story in 1987. I think it came out, and it was her first movie role. She was a lead. She's so pretty. I, I think there's, like, lesbian stuff in I mean, I, I couldn't wait. And I went, and it played for a week. And I saw it. I can't, it's nowhere. I can't find it anywhere. And um, I remember, it was horrible. It got horrible reviews. I didn't care. I just, like, looking at her, she was so cute. And I'm the only one who was in the theater. <laughs> it was so embarrassing when I think about it. I'm telling you all this now. This is the worst podcast ever. I'm just like blowing up everything. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I was just like really in love with her. I mean, she she was great. But, you know, but look at it. She's, um, you know, I, I think the, the, the reason that she's saying all this, look after this, you know, that was in 1987. But then, you, you know, it, it's years, of, you know, she had Baywatch and then, 2004, Erica 
uh, Eggert rather, played the role of Ginger in the first edition of the TBS Network's The Real Gilligan's Island reality show. She appeared on Scott Bayo's 45 and Single. On September 23, 2009, VH1 announced Edgert's participation, Edgert's participation in the winter 2010 season of Celebrity Fit Club. In 2010, Eggert appeared on the Comedy Central roast of David Hasselhoff. In 2013, Eggert was added to the cast of Splash, the celebrity diving show on ABC. In April, it was reported she was injured during the taping of an episode. Days following, she denied sustaining any serious injury. In 2014, Eggert began a new career as the owner and operator, are you ready, of an ice cream truck. Describing it as a family-run business, bringing a fun, unique, and innovative twist to the ice cream man. In 2014, Edgar began a new career as the owner and operator of an ice cream truck. That's falling. And when you're a beautiful girl who's maybe a little heavier and out of the spotlight, it's possible you see all this stuff, you might want to get into the news again. I don't know what happened. You know, I'm taking, yeah. Am I taking Scott Bale? Sure I am. Because I see that Nicole Eggert, who was the shit, you know, went from this Charles in Charge, her pretty much the reason why it lasted three seasons, certainly not Scott Bayo. And, uh, and then Baywatch, Playboy, really super hot girl. And then years later, working at an ice cream truck. That'll make people do crazy things. I just told you a story of how desperate I was that I let this woman into my house and, and my family and, and my friends because I was so desperate that somebody was going to help me live my dream that I let it happen, even though the signs were all there. So why wouldn't I believe that all of a sudden she says, well... I can get back in the news. And let's face it, she's back in the news. She's on Megyn Kelly. She's on all these shows. Maybe she'll get a gig. She doesn't have to work at that ice cream truck anymore. Who knows how it works? We've seen this before. I'm just saying, if that's the road she was on, you know, where it goes from kind of being the shit to the real Gilligan's Island reality show, celebrity fit club, a diving reality show, and then working in an ice cream truck, you're falling pretty fast. It's too bad. And it's sad. But, you know, I got to question the motives. Here's the best part, though. And this is the best part, if you're a dude. And yes, this is a, it seems like a very pro. We're dudes. Something got to give, you know? Like, I mean, you know, somebody's got to say something. You know, listen, I, the Harvey Weinstein thing, I believe 100%. Uh, Kevin Spacey, all that stuff, I couldn't believe. And, and I, I, there's a problem. We got to fix it. But then there's a couple of people, you know, yeah, where does it end? Where does it end? You, you know, uh, I don't know whether any of you guys saw it, but after the Oscars, Alec Baldwin aired a very interesting show that he said he wasn't going to air. It was a pilot for a new talk show he has. He's trying to make an old Dick Cavett-like show. And they'll probably air it on primetime, but this was at 1 in the morning, which is actually a better slot. And his first guest was Jerry Seinfeld. And there they are talking about the Me Too movement. And Jerry says, you know, my wife was talking about how this is, this for a period of time, this may hurt women. Because if you're a guy, why would you want to hire a woman in this day and age? 
It's too risky. And I'm not talking about for yourself. Like, let's say I know I can handle myself. But what if one of my employees can't? And then I'm just completely screwed. This is going to hurt women until it evens out for a period of time. Because why, why, why put up with it? Why, why take a chance? Now, obviously, all that stuff can happen with a man, too, as we saw with Kevin Spacey. But I'm just saying, I think women are in trouble. It's going to take a while to even out before we get it all together where there aren't these some witch hunts. We had a, we got going to have to split the reality from people like uh, possibly Nicole Eggert, who uh, maybe maybe not have all the facts straight. Obviously, he might like he might have slept with her the day after her 18th birthday, and then you know I mean it could be that simple where maybe she told him when the birthday was and he thought she was 18. Who knows, right? It's something that simple where he might have slept with her a day early. But he says she was the aggressor. And as a man, obviously, I want to believe that because uh, who wasn't in love with her? Anyway, the other kid on the show, this boy, a horrible actor. I always hated him because I was so jealous that he was on the show. You know how I get. Alexander Polinsky comes also out of the woodwork, right? So uh, he's been accused of harassment and assault by his former Chosen Choice co-star, Alexander Polinsky. Now, this guy, you look at him. He's, he looks horrible. Polinsky and his attorney, Lisa Bloom, Held the press conference on Wednesday. He is joined by his former co-star, Nicole Eggert. Also, in my time, was accused Bayo of misconduct when they worked together from 87 to 90. Now, this is, this is hilarious. If you're a guy, if you're a regular guy, you're going to get it. Now, these days, yes, it's horrible. But Polinsky claims Bayo began verbally harassing him on the set of their sitcom when he was about 11 or 12 years old. He said Bayo would direct homophobic slurs at him. He began a pattern of abuse that was relenting. Mr. Bayo repeatedly told him about homosexual sex acts that he told me I would grow up to perform. <laughs> I mean, I know that doesn't... It, it, it's funny if you're a guy my age. If, if you're a guy, all we do is make fun of all of our friends being gay. I mean, that's what guys do. Bayo once pulled down Polinsky's pants, he claims, in front of 100 cast and crew members on the set. I mean, the guy was probably an asshole. <laughs> like he was eleven or twelve, and he was probably like, if you see his performance on the show, you just get it. Like he's annoyed. Scott Bayo doesn't give a shit. He's like twenty something. He's just having a good time. He doesn't care, and he's just like, oh, you, you look good. You know. I mean, he's probably just. I mean, you shouldn't do that to an eleven and twelve year old, probably. But like, I don't know. It just reads funny because you know. Uh, you know, my friend, as I did on the uh, on that football show, I told like all guys do is find new ways to call each other gay. That's what we do. And my friend Lee has the greatest way of all time. I said it on the uh, on the football show with Dave and Artie. He just texts me and he goes, "You remind me of the BYU athletic director or the athletic director from BYU, Brigham Young University." And I was like. I don't understand what that is. I look it up. The guy's name is Tom Homo. If you Google the BYU athletic director, it just comes up a big picture Tom Homo. And if you don't laugh out loud at that, then you you know, what the hell? Then what's the point of living? That's hilarious. When I was at Gary Shandling's house, I don't remember who were we with. He just, he was, you know, it was me, him, 
I don't even think Sarah was there. I mean, obviously I was there with her, but I think she was playing basketball at the time. So maybe it was Kevin Nealon. These guys are older than me. And they were just, maybe it was David Duchovny. I don't remember. Seriously, I was sitting at his kitchen table and he was just doing nonstop gay jokes because that's what we do. <laughs> I guess, I don't know, we're all homophobic or whatever it is, but that's what guys do when they're together. They just call each other gay. One of my friends does rebuses that he sends. He says, a long-handled gardening tool with a thin metal blade used mainly for weeding and breaking up soil, and then a picture of Mo Howard from the Three Stooges. So it says, ho, a long-handled gardening tool, ho, mo. <laughs> you got to figure it out on your own. It's a rebus. I mean, that's funny stuff. If you're a, a man who's normal who grew up, you know, anywhere. And that's why it's funny. When, when I saw Gary Shandling doing it, I'm like, oh, I see. It never ends. Because when we were in our 40s and doing this, this is when I was, I guess, in my 40s at the time, maybe late 30s, you know, we're always wondering, hey, when are we going to stop calling each other gay or whatever? When does it stop? And when I went to Gary's and he was in his 60s, I'm like, oh, I see. It never ends. It's always hilarious. But I guess nowadays it's not. So I don't know. Listen, when I read that and this kid's coming out and yeah, granted, he's 11 or 12 and Scott's 10 years older and he shouldn't be doing it. I just, I'm sorry. It just made me laugh. This kid's coming out of the woodwork, too. I mean, I don't know. I mean, would you even want to do that? Now, I've told you I have a story of my own about a guy doing this to me, but I don't want to come out about it because it's it's embarrassing. And one day, like the Vanessa story, I'll tell you that one as well. I don't know about this podcast. Is this good or bad? I mean, I'm kind of having a good time, but it's a little weird, right? It's a little weird. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about Kellyanne Conway. She's hot. There was a complaint that she's uh, the White House advisor, Kellyanne Conway, is, uh, was flying on private planes rather than commercial flights, and the Democrats are complaining. Well, let me tell you something. As far as I'm concerned, Kellyanne Conway can fly whatever she wants. Kellyanne Conway is a genius. You may not like her. You may think she's an idiot, but she got that guy elected. And whether you like him or not, it's a fact. And she's so smart because you don't hear from her anymore at all. She's just keeping her mouth shut. She still has her job. She's a genius. And when you get that job and you're the White House advisor, you should be able to fly however you want. Why doesn't everybody shut up and worry about something else? Do you worry about Kelly, how Kellyanne Conway flies? If I was Kellyanne Fl Conway and I was that well-known and maybe even that well-hated, do you think I'm going to fly com commercial air? Screw you. I, I have no problem paying tax dollars for Kellyanne Conway to fly wherever she goddamn wants. It's like you deserve that. You got this guy into the White House. You deserve to fly however you want as long as he's in office. And then after that, use your own money. Screw everybody. People are crazy. People are crazy. I'm glad this Russian thing is over too. No one cares. No one cares. Let's just get to whatever, you know? I mean, you want to pick on the president, go ahead. Let's just forget this and let's just move on and get to the next election already and then see if you can, see if you can drop them. See if you can put somebody else in there. That's your problem now. That's my problem, too. You know what I'm just saying. 
Let's let's just move on. Let's see what he's going to do with this uh, North Korea thing, and uh, we'll take it from there. What if he solves everything? What if he solves it? What if he fixes it? Then what are you going to say? You're still going to... I don't. What are you going to do? Man, the guy's crazy. He's obviously crazy. But what if he does this? Are you still going to be, like, angry? Well, he did that, but he's still crazy. Yeah, he's crazy. He's got crazy ideas. Firing everybody. I mean, that's what he does. But uh, I don't know. Everybody's got to relax, you know? Everything will work itself out. The election's like right around the corner again. If he wins again, that means the Demo- that means you guys have nobody else to run. So what do you want me to do about it? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I told you already, you, you, you put Hillary in a bad position. She should have left right after you chose Obama instead of Hillary last time. She should have been embarrassed to run as an independent. She should be embarrassed to be a Democrat at this point. You had let her down. And Bernie Sanders should have been the one to run against him, who I completely would have voted for, because that would have been a contest. You guys all suck. Thank you. And don't and, and, and don't get all angry when I when I'm at work on the millennials and everything. If you just mention Trump for a second, you can't just not talk to people. It's not right. It's exactly the way it was with the Republicans doing the same thing. Everybody's crazy. Everybody's really just got to relax. All right, enough of that too. This podcast stinks. I'm all, I mean, I, yeah, I'm all over the place, but I'm all over the place, and I don't even know if it's a good way. This is a very strange podcast. Now I'm thinking about not airing this podcast. I'm not airing the Goodfellas podcast. I'm not going to air this podcast. So I, I, I'm, I'm putting myself in a bad situation here. I'm not happy. I was happy. I'm happy I, I, you know, I got the coffee from that pretty girl. Oh, my God. You know, everything I'm saying, I just sound like a horrible person today. I just sound like an old white man who is trying to figure out his way in this world when everything is all fakakta. <laughs> and because everybody my age should use the word fakakta every once in a while. Oh, I don't know. What am I supposed to do? Can't you feel bad asking a girl on a date anymore? I mean, it's such a nightmare. I guarantee if I was famous, somebody would come out of the woodwork. I mean, I don't think I did anything bad. Pretty sure everything was consensual, but I'm pretty sure somebody's going to come out. Somebody would come out because it's just the law of averages. Somebody in the 80s trying to whatever, either get in or for real. Or maybe I'm like, wait, you considered that rape? See, back then it didn't seem like rape. Whatever. I think we all have a little problems. So let's just uh, talk about something else that's really going to depress me. Uh, The Jets. So the New York Jets are the worst team ever, and I just hate them so much, but, you know, God damn it. You know what I mean. I still want them to do well. I hate that they're my team. I hate it. I've always chosen the Panthers as my other team or the Broncos. I don't, I don't know why. I just chose those two teams. I, I don't know why. I've always liked the Carolina Panthers. I, I don't know. I think I like their colors. I like their mascot. I like Cam Newton. I like the Panthers. So I, I have to choose another team because the Jets stink. I want to root for somebody. I already don't have a basketball team to root for. I hate everybody. So I root for the Golden State Warriors. I like that Steph Curry's okay. Everybody knows I like the Devils. And I like the Mets. There's nothing I can do about that. But the Jets stink. And their whole organization stinks. And 
they were going to get Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins is a smart man. He would have been great to come to the Jets. That would have been a terrific thing, but he's not an idiot. If he came to the Jets, he'd stink because everybody they get stinks. If Peyton Manning had come to the Jets, his, his, the year he was supposed to be drafted like he was supposed to, he, he decided to stay another year in school because he didn't want to get burned by the Jets. And that was when Bill Parcells was the coach. Peyton Manning never would have been Peyton Manning if he stayed with the Jets. Their organization stinks. They don't know how to do anything. And really, if you don't believe me, well, let's just play the draft montage again. Johnny Lamb Jones. Wide receiver, Texas. I think it's a good selection, but a very surprising one. UCLA running back, Freeman McNeil. As a season ticket holder of the Jets, I'm going to boo. Jets take the first-round selection. Quarterback, no! Ken O'Brien of California, Davis. Everybody said if Marino was going to be around at that time, they'd take Marino. Obviously, the Jets know something that, you know, the people up here don't. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? That's the best one of all. They charge a quarter. They quarterback Ken O'Brien, Marino, and John Elway, and what's his name? Bill Kelly? Why can't I always remember him? Kelly from the Buffalo Bills. Jim Kelly. That's the same draft. And the Jets chose Ken O'Brien. What happened to that guy? New York's first round selection. Fullback. Roger Vick, Texas A&M. I mean, you can hear them screaming before when they say fullback. They're like, you're not supposed to draft a fullback, you idiots. Oh. New York Jets, first round choice. Jeff Lagerman, linebacker, Virginia. You can hear that. That's the, I think that's why they moved the draft from New York. So <laughs> this wouldn't happen. They moved. I don't know whether where it's going to be this year, but oh, every year it's hilarious. They choose wrong every single year. It's obvious. Yeah, it continues. To me, right now, the Jets just don't understand what the draft's all about. <laughs> the New York Jets select Blair Thomas, running back, Penn State. The New York Jets select Johnny Mitchell, tight end, Nebraska. Oh, here's the best one. They're saying we want Sap. They're talking about Warren Sap. That's going to maybe change the Jets' futures around. We want Sap! We want Sap! The New York Jets select tight end from Penn State, Kyle Brady. So Warren Sap goes to Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they win the Super Bowl. The Jets stink. Their whole organization stinks. Their coach is a bag of crap and they kept him again this year. So now they got the quarterback from last year. There's Josh McCowan. He's okay, but I like they chose Teddy Bridgewater too. From the, it's so weird what happened this week that K- Case Keenum from the Vikings is now with the Broncos, and he was the one who brought him to the Super Bowl or to, to, close to the Super Bowl. And now they're bringing Kirk Cousins to the where do you go to the Vikings? I think, and the, the, everybody's just it's a little carousel of stuff. But the Jets still just a horrible, horrible organization, and they'll be a horrible organization until the day I die. And um, the funny thing is that uh, they, uh, you know, like it was like the day I was born when they were good. And that was it. (laughs) You know, well, they had Joe Namath. And let me tell you something. 
Tell him what he's won. Well, he's won a Joe Namath Butter Up Popcorn Maker from Hamilton Beach. The Joe Namath Butter Up Popcorn Maker is the only popcorn maker to feature the automatic butter dispenser, perfect for movie night popcorn. Of course, it's endorsed by Joe Namath, so it has to be good. And Shaker Maker. Now it's easier than to make your own toy figures. Just place the magic mix powder into the shaker, add water, and shake. Once you've done that, flow it into the mold, and then after 5 to 10 minutes, the mixture will harden and wait 3 to 5 days as the figure shrinks dramatically dry. Once that's all done, it can be painted and decorated. The Shaker Maker for my deal. And that's all coming up on The Price is Right. Johnny? I don't know why I did that. I just felt like doing it. I like doing announcements. I like, uh, you know, doing uh, voices and stuff. So anyway, the point of the story being that this uh, interim podcast was, uh, you know, put together the way it was put together. And uh, we said things that uh, maybe I would think about cutting out after I did the podcast, but I don't think I will. I say I let it play out. Who cares anymore? Who cares? I got nothing going on. What's the difference? But... uh, so, yeah, now I just got to go and, and, and we got to figure out. I've, I've, I've asked um, uh, my uh, friend uh, Johnny O to come on the podcast next week, maybe, uh, or soon. He worked at John Hughes Films, and I'm going to get Richard Klein to do the podcast. Here's the problem I'm having. Here's the problem I'm having. I can get all these people to come on, but I can't decide when to do it. You know, obviously, I like doing it on Wednesday nights. But I also like doing it on Saturday afternoons. But this Saturday is St. Patrick's Day. So I wasn't sure if anybody would be up for like, I'd rather go home. But you know, I can't go home. I can't get to the parade. It's such an, I mean, I go, it's a good day to visit my mom. Because the next, the 24th, I'm going down to see Atel and Jeff Ross at the Borgata. So I can't film that day. I, I like filming on Saturday afternoon. You know, I like taping the podcast during the daylight hours. I don't know why. It's just fun. So that's the problem I'm having. It's like, wait, do I want to have people over Wednesday after work or, you know, because then I'm tired after work, but, or do I have it on Saturday? That, this is the problem I'm having now that I put the podcast out on Tuesdays. Maybe if I, maybe I should put it back over on Thursdays, but I kind of like putting it out on Tuesday. You know what? I don't know. And once I get that figured out, I'll be able to just put everything together. I mean, it's such a mess. Plus I also have to use a flight like, um, when I opened for Sarah last year, I was planning on going to Orlando to visit my friend Katie uh, for her birthday, which is coming up again. And I had to cancel the flight and they wouldn't give me the money back. So they put it in the JetBlue bank, which it expires next month. So I, I guess I got to go somewhere or I lose like 150 bucks. And so I was thinking about going to Orlando and it costs like nothing to go there on a Saturday. Nothing. 100 bucks. Coming back, $400. I guess it's spring break or something. So I don't know what to do. It's very confusing. Or should I go to L.A.? I had a long talk with Sarah the other day. She's like, when are you coming out here? I'm like, I don't know. What's the point? I was like so happy. You know, that's the thing about Vanessa. She somehow got that studio for the podcast. But now we're thinking that the guy, you know, Red Grant or something might have problems with her too. So it's all very sketchy. But goddamn, if I could find a place to do Another studio to do podcasts out there. Man, the podcasts were so much fun out there, right? It was, William was so great. And then Mitch Watson was terrific. I mean, I would just have him on again. We never got Chris Regan because his dog got thing. I'd love to have him on and my friend John Weber. And there's so many people I'd like to have on. 
I think I just got to like look for a studio. I must have a friend that must have something where I can do the podcast. So maybe I should just go to California and do it, right? I got to use the money. And I have so much vacation time. I haven't used any days yet. Uh, you know, and I got like 40 days. And, you know, I mean, I, I just never use I got to go somewhere or do something, right? You got to do something. Well, I'm planning on going to Vegas. Well, that's something. That, well, there's an idea. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should go to Vegas. That's not, I don't think that costs very much. And then drive to LA for a couple of days and then come back. You know, see the new, um, uh, the new uh, comedy seller out there, you know? Because uh, little Stevie Fabricant's going to be working out there. And the tell's going to be out there in October. Well, then we'll go then when that comes. But I don't know. Maybe that's, I, I just, you know, I don't like traveling because Jesus Christ, United Airlines is such a bag of shit. Meanwhile, my friend works at United, so I like, I don't mind traveling on United, but God, did you hear that story today where they made them put this dog in an overhead bin and then he died? It just happened yesterday. What the hell's the matter with them? And JetBlue stinks too. The only, like I said, the only time you don't hear anything bad, that you haven't heard anything bad, you haven't heard any dangers or crashing, Virgin, Virgin, the only airline, never hear any problems. United has nothing but problems with passengers, with pilots, with stewardesses, or if that's the flight attendants, now they call them, Jesus Christ. Uh, JetBlue always has trouble. Virgin, never hear any trouble. Interesting, right? And I like flying Virgin, but uh, JetBlue just has more flights. And that's where my unfortunate money is at this point. So I got to find a place. I got to do something. Uh, got to go somewhere. And then we can do some more podcasts because it was fun doing it in L.A. I was like, that's another thing, this damn jerk. That was the one thing that she did really good that, you know, she set up this thing and it was fun. And those guys were really nice out there. And boy, you know, what a bummer. Damn it. You know, it's like the one thing I can't even do any. I mean. The one thing that was good, it's such a a disaster, but I guess I got to figure it out. And it's all just a matter of figuring it out. Now that Goodfellas is over, and God, I can't believe I mentioned it again. I'm sorry. I'll never mention it again. It's just been talking about it too much. Uh, you know, now I concentrate on something else. I got to do something else. I mean, I know I put my all into the three months of writing the stuff, but I need to multitask somehow, even though I know I can't do it. But I got to figure out something so I don't get so obsessed so I can work on something else and just get out of this like kind of rut. Although really doing the podcast and these shows, it's not that horrible a life, right? I mean, you guys enjoy it, right? That's the that's the key. I'm entertaining somebody, and I really enjoy doing it all. So that's good. I just get a little obsessed because that's the kind of person I am. I always want to do a good show. Is that so bad? That's not so bad, is it? Well, that's our show for today. I hope it was okay. I really don't know. I don't know, you know? I mean, I don't mind if it get serious, but sometimes, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say that over the air, but you know what? I feel like I gotta... I gotta tell you guys the truth. I gotta tell you what's going on. Otherwise, what's the point of, you know, why would you want to listen to my show? Well, we have good guests sometimes. We have a lot of laughs. But you gotta be honest. Right, Rick? I gotta get I gotta get that movie out. Now that they're in the hall, I gotta figure all this out. What's the matter with me? I mean, I really sit at work and do nothing. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, well, I'm working on my taxes. That's my new project. But I'm almost finished. I'm making excuses. I'm making excuses. I got I to gotta come home. I got to concentrate, right? Because we can work this out. There's still time. I'm a white man, even though everybody hates me. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm a man in general, which means it doesn't matter. I can't, I'm not going to pull a Nicole Eckert. I can make it at any age. 
I know that sounds horrible, but it's a fact, and we all know it. And until proven otherwise, I still have a chance. And, and at least we have our time together, and that always makes me happy. So until next week, have a wonderful week, everybody, and a wonderful rest of your march, and a... Yes, I guess you hope you had a good St. Patrick's Day as much as I hate it, because I hate that stupid parade. And we will see you next time on The Nightfly with Dave Joskow. Good night, everybody! Oh,